The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 121 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North. I'm Dan Mano. I'm recording from my overly extravagant boathouse studio in Windermere, Florida. It's glassy waters outside and bluebird skies here in central Florida. And I hope you guys have your SPF ready because it's time for your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Ronix Wakeboards. Over the last decade, Ronix has solidified their dominance in the wake arena. They have a team roster comprised of living legends, current contest killers, and professional fun havers combined with an always evolving line of products for all levels of riders and enthusiasts. Ronix continues to raise the bar to new heights while always delivering exceptional quality. Their social media is among the best in the game, and you can check them out at Ronix Wakeboards on Instagram or online at RonixWake.com. That's R-O-N-I-X-W-A-K-E.com. We got a really great episode in store for y'all today. My guest is the always inspirational Scott Leeson. Scott is a blind wakeboarder and an all-around rad dude with an incredible backstory. But before you skip on over to our interview, I think this is something all of you guys are going to want to hear. Write a review month is almost over. And for those of you who don't know, the next 15 five-star iTunes reviews for this podcast will be entered in for a chance to win a brand new O'Brien Wake Surfer. You heard me right, a fresh new O'Brien Wake Surfboard. And let me tell you guys, this thing is pretty cherry. All you got to do is log into iTunes, give me five stars, write a sweet review all about this podcast, and once you do that, you'll be automatically entered to win that awesome O'Brien Wake surfboard I'm talking about. I'm going to ship that over to you, and on top of that, I'll even send you some swag just for your troubles. That's all of you guys. Just take a screenshot of your review once it posts and send it over to me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I've received a good handful of emails already plus a bunch of reviews with no emails behind them. No matter what, I'll be announcing the name of the review here on the podcast, so hopefully you'll be listening and then you'll get back to me. But get some free swag while it lasts, my friends. Again, I'll be announcing the winner on 
June 1st and or around June 1st. So be sure to post your review before then, like now. I also wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tell you that you can listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android devices as well as on my very own website, noiseofthenorth.com. So you have no excuse not to listen or share this podcast with your Toad Water Sports enthusiastic-like friends. You can also follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T Mano and on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike. You can stay up to date with all the latest Golden Mike news. Before we get into our interview, there are a few bits of industry news I just want to get to here. The month of May kicked off with the Malibu Boats Rider Experience South. I was there at Freedom Wake Park and I got to announce all weekend long and of course the WWA Southern Wakeboard Regional Championships. All WWA results are posted on Twitter at the WWA, so check them out there. But as far as the event went, as usual, top riders from the Southeast came together for a fun weekend behind some of Malibu's most popular boats. Free Ride Friday, Wakeboard Regional, Surfgate Sunday. The Regionals and the Malibu Rider Experience are the ticket to the WWA Wakeboard National Championship, so you always can expect to see some of the top current and future top riders on hand. Also, during Surfgate Sunday, that was when I got to sit down and record this episode of the podcast, well, at least the interview portion with Mr. Scott Leeson. Always a great, great uh, series. Hopefully, I'll see you guys at some of the other stops across the United States. Over that same weekend and just 25 minutes away, unfortunately, I couldn't be there, but it was going on. At Lake Olympia, Wake for Warriors held their first official surf event of the year. For those of you who do not know, Wake for Warriors is an awesome organization that helps connect injured military veterans and gives them a chance to get on the water and experience the sport we all love. If you guys want to donate or just get involved, please check out their website, wakeforwarriors.org. I'm so glad our sport has a great organization like this, and I'm excited to catch up with the crew from Wake for Warriors at the 60th Masters coming up in just a couple of weeks. Also, during that same weekend in Orlando, there was a huge water ski event, the Travers Grand Prix, billed as the ultimate three-event Pro-Am tournament. And no, it's not the three events you're thinking of. We're talking pro and amateur teams competing in slalom, skeet shooting, and believe it or not, kart racing. These are some serious go-karts, my friends, like real fast. This was the second year of the event, and I'm told it was a complete blast. Big shout out to good pal from the boarding school, Freddie Winter, for taking first place in the slalom event. Freddie has been on fire, and Cole McCormick for taking first overall in the tournament. Also, big shout out to John Travers and his legendary family for continuing to grow and support the water ski community with great events like this. Moving right along, just this last Saturday, I was at stop number two of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour over at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. Pretty amazed that this is my ninth season announcing the series, but it's the 20th year the contest series has been around. As always, it was a great turnout. We saw some new faces out there. And Bill Porter, owner of Performance Ski and Surf, continues 
to blow minds with awesome deals during every gravel tour stop. Literally, the Dano deal of the day gets better and better every single time. Check out the Gravel Tour website online or their Facebook page for results, details, and upcoming dates. The next stop is June 8th. I'll be there. Don't miss out. And of course, because the very next day after that stop of Gravel Tour is going to be stop number two of the Thigh High Surf Series. But right now, let's talk about stop number one of the very first ever Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautiques of Orlando and Danny Harf. That's right, I said Danny Harf. The event was a complete success and featured wake surfers of all skill levels giving it everything they had. Thigh High Surf Series is Central Florida's first grassroots wake surf contest series, and it's the brainchild of Danny Harf. Danny drove the entire event and seriously, the contest had this old school, like grassroots feel to it. I was on the microphone and I planned to be at the rest of the season, June 9th at OWC, and then capping it off September 22nd at Lake Ronix. Be sure to check out thighhighsurf.com for more details. And if this sounds like an event that you guys want to come to, listen, Spots are super limited. So sign up now and sign up today. Thigh High Surf. Also, I wanted to congratulate multiple-time women's wake-surfing world champion Ashley Kidd for joining the Connolly Wake team. She'll be a welcome addition riding along the likes of top names like Dirty Mike Dowdy, Erica Lang, and the wolf of wakeboarding, Tony Iacone. A super diverse team right there with great water skiers, wakeboarders, and now wake surfers. I can't wait to see what she's going to accomplish there. Kid is also a Centurion and Roswell rider and confirmed for an episode of the Golden Mike podcast later on this year, so I'm excited for that. Looking ahead, I also wanted to tell you guys that our great sponsor, Sea Deck Marine Products, is holding its second annual golf tournament benefiting Captains for Clean Water. It's happening next Saturday, May 8th. Captains for Clean Water is a grassroots nonprofit organization that advocates for the elimination of harmful large-scale discharges by restoring the natural flow of Lake Okeechobee's water south into the Everglades and Florida Bay. They're all about restoring Florida's waterways, and if you're a golfer, they still have open spots. Just register over at DurangoGolfClub.eventsmart.com forward slash events forward slash CDEC forward slash or here's the easier way to do it. Just Google search CDEC Golf Tournament. Huh? Another great cause that I do want to mention is that Wake the World will be giving away a Porsche convertible at this year's Surf Expo in Orlando on September 5th through the 7th. All you need to do is be at the expo and you can Enter the raffle free of charge. The car will be wrapped in sponsorship logos, kind of like a NASCAR car, with all the proceeds of the sponsors going to benefit Wake the World and the Movement Collaborative, which works closely with friend of the show, Brad Smela. A lot of industry news right there, my friends, but this Wake the World stuff is absolutely huge. Now you're in the know. Check it all out. Before we move on to our interview with Scott, I do have to correct something I said in the last episode. I said that Parks Bonifay was the first wakeboarder to be inducted into the Water Ski Hall of Fame. Turns out, I was wrong. I want to thank longtime 
Golden Mike podcast listener and wakeboard historian and friend of mine, Ryan Shimabukuru, for letting me know that honor actually belongs to the scud, Darren Shapiro, who is actually inducted into the Water Ski Hall of Fame back in 2010. And I can't believe I forgot that fact. You see, I've trained jujitsu a little bit with Darren Shapiro on occasion. And the next time I see him, he's probably going to lock me up in some sort of arm bar and conveniently not feel me tap out. All right, guys, fair warning here. This might just be the most touching and uplifting episode of the Golden Mike podcast we've ever put out. I'd suggest getting a box of tissues ready. You might just need more than a couple, though. We have adaptive surf pioneer and wakeboard athlete Scott Leeson sharing his incredible life story with us. I first met Scott last year at the Malibu Rider Experience West where he was the first blind rider to ever compete in a WWA event. It was an honor getting to announce his run, and I'm actually getting a little emotional just talking about it. But I'm going to go ahead and let the man tell his story himself. Folks, we'll be right back in just a moment with our interview of Scott Leeson right here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah! With summer coming up in just around the corner, it's time to start thinking about the good times at the lake. Whenever you're out on the water this summer, please be mindful of other boaters and most importantly, homeowners. Ensure that you're doing your part by educating others and always practicing proper wake etiquette. Be sure to always stay a safe 200 feet away from shorelines and docks. Keep your music at reasonable levels and minimize repetitive passes on any one portion of shoreline. Head over to wakeresponsibly.com to take the Wake Responsibly Compliance Exam. Earn a perfect score and receive a sticker badge free of charge that you can put on your boat to remind others to wake responsibly as well. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Mr. Scott Leeson. Scott, welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome, man. It's been a great weekend here. You and I met about a year ago at a WWA event, the Regional Wakeboard Championships, and you came in to ride in the adaptive division. So yeah. you showed up there, and man, obviously you have some experience. So um, how did you hear about the event? And, and talk a little bit about um, wakeboarding and how you got into wakeboarding. Well, so... Uh, it all started, uh, well, 13 years ago, I, I started by wanting to, uh, qualify and compete in the disabled water ski nationals in slalom skiing. And then, uh, while learning, uh, slalom skiing, I also learned about tricks and, uh, since trick skis didn't, uh, were really squirrely for me being a big, tall guy, uh, there's a... A rule that you're allowed to use a board and so I used a board and learned to do surface tricks and stuff behind a ski boat fast forward um, I uh, three you know it was about four years ago I uh, said to myself well 
that you know I'll put on my big boy pants and learn to wakeboard jump. So and that and that's a whole different technique that what I was doing because the board I used uh, with tricks has no fins, so you could do all the surface tricks. Now I'm gonna have the fins and there's a whole technique to jumping. So I got into the wakeboarding with a goal in mind to compete in wakeboarding. Okay, so. At this point now, everybody has heard that you are an adaptive rider. Uh, I want to go over some of the details here. So first of all, uh, as long as it's not offensive or whatever, and, and I might say some things. You're, it, and you're nothing's ever me. offensive with me. I'm, there are some people that, you know, are PC about their uh, disability or their uh, adaptive whatever, you know. I, you know, I, I, I uh, am kind of easy on it because, you know. So let's talk about it right now. So yeah. you're, you're, to me, you're an able-bodied guy. You've got use of both arms. You've got full use of your legs. You walk around. You're a normal dude. But tell everybody about, and again, if you don't mind if I say, call it like this, like disability or. No, I, well, I'm totally blind. That's, that, that's, that's my disability or my handicap or my you know, whatever way you want to put it. But uh, some people, you know, they do uh, get um, particular about it, but not myself. You, you are a blind um, rider. You are, you are blind, but you and I had these conversations, and you've only lived half your life blind. Yes. So my, the first 37 years I was sighted, and what happened was uh, 25 years ago, it will be 26 this July, I was working in a convenience store as a clerk and two gang members came in the store, robbed it and ended up shooting me in the head with a nine millimeter. It entered the left temple and exited the right eye. So it severed the left optic nerve, destroyed the old factory nerves and destroyed the right eye. So they had to remove the right eye uh, right away. And then a year later, the left eye shrunk and removed that. So I wear prosthetics and I have no smell. And aside from that, you also have some, um, like, ultra senses, right? Well, the your other senses, whenever you lose a sense, your other senses don't automatically uh, in, increase. You have to work on them. So uh, I use my hearing really a lot um, for when I'm walking the streets uh, with my guide dog or my cane or just, uh, just, just listening uh, – sitting in the house and listening to noises and so you build up uh, a vocabulary of noises and then uh, a, a real skill that I like is uh, when I drop something I like to hear where it is so I don't have to crawl all over and find it because I hate that and then uh, the other skill that you get good at as time goes on is recognizing, recognizing voices. So uh, someone would say hello, and I would recognize that voice and go, hi, Joe, or hi, Pete, you know, or hi, Sue. But um, more, some voices are more distinct than others, but that's kind of a skill that you build up too. And early on, um, when I was blinded, I had someone that told me um, when uh, to to look kind of normal uh, and not look like I'm blind is to l focus on the voice that is talking to me and try to look right at it so that you look like you're really uh, making, uh, you know, eye-to-eye -eye contact with someone, you know, you, and, you know, little skills like that, you know, that uh, 
you know, come with uh, losing your sight. Over the last, you know, season and stuff, you've become very important within the, the towed water sports industry. You've gained so much respect from, from the riders, from the wakeboarders. But I also know that you have a history, like you'd mentioned, in water skiing. And you also have a little bit of a history in adaptive surfing as well. And we're going to get to that. But I want to talk to you, before we get to that, about um, your vision life when uh, until you were 37 years old. Um, what you were yeah. about back then, what you were doing, um, and and your basically like were you a, a fan of the sport? Were you a surfer? Were you a water skier back in in those days too? Who were you um, in your first thirty seven years? Yeah. Um, so to start off, I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Um, my family, when I was four years old, moved to Newport Beach, California. And that's where I grew up, Newport Beach, Cronin Del Mar. And that's, I was started surfing as a 10 year old. And also, you know, I had a great childhood. We had, uh, we had some mini bikes, we had a horse, we had a speedboat um, that my dad, a dune buggy, you know, just all those kind of things in my life. So kind of active, kind of an active sports lifestyle. But surfing was the thing I did most. And then, um, uh, as I got into high school, I really got into motocross. I really dug motocross. Um, then, uh, of course, uh, graduating high school, I worked for a while, but then I, I decided to join the Navy. So I served in the Navy from 76 to 83, honorably. And uh, I've been married uh, once. I have two grown children. Uh, a daughter and a son, and I have two grandchildren now. So what were you doing in between that time, between um, when uh, the Navy and between, and, and do we consider it like an injury? Or like, do we say when you were injured or when you were, like, do we just straight up go when you were shot? What do we yeah. say? Well, me, I, you know, you can say anything. But the general public, yeah, are trying to be sensitive and stuff and everything. Uh, one of the things I do when I speak to groups and stuff is I, I, I tell them, you know, what had happened and everything. And then I always throw in the line that, you know, uh, it didn't hit the brain, but everybody seems to question that, you know. And that kind of loosens people up and tries and lets them know that, you know, they can talk to me and ask me anything. After, but, um, after but, your service, uh, what, what were you doing in, in the years prior to the, in, to, to uh, the injury? Yeah, so after I got out of the service, I used my GI Bill and did some schooling and did some work, uh, retail work at a liquor store, at a grocery store. Uh, and then um, I did try to go back in the Navy, but at the time I was a little overweight and they wouldn't take me. So anyways, then... Uh, then I fell into uh, kind of a, like a party uh, lifestyle, uh, using uh, drugs and you know uh, drinking. And uh, is this before? This, this is before, is before I was blinded. Yeah, and uh, so uh, and um, but then I, I cleaned up my act and I you know did some work. I I drove an ice cream truck 
and made some started with that and made some good money doing that and then i went to truck driving school and got my truck driving license and then ended up with a job with a construction company picking up uh all the materials and deliver them to the different job sites. And then that job, uh, because of the recession in 92, I lost it. And that's when I moved to La Quinta, California, out by Palm Springs. And uh, my dad had some property there and the rental, it was a rental. So I was uh, taking care of it. And meanwhile, um, it was an unincorporated area that had a, um, I, I applied for the, you know, in the, with the city for as park landscaper or street crew, because I've always been kind of a, uh, a hands-on person, not a, like a desk person, you know, uh, manual labor or whatever. So, uh, and there were no openings, but I left an interest card. Meanwhile, there was a little, you know, Circle K store in the neighborhood, and it was the only little store in town. And with my retail experience, got a job there. Uh, hoping to, you know, meet people and maybe, you know, parlay that into, you know, a construction job or whatever like that. Okay, so two questions on that. First of all, at this point in your life, when you are starting to work at the convenience store, are you have you like cleaned up your act? Or yes, my act, my act was cleaned up at that time and stuff. Okay, yeah. my next question is, is, is in the Circle K in this area that you're living, is this like a rough part of town? No. No, uh, La Quinta is like Merv Griffin lived out there and it's got all the golf courses, PGA West and and everything. So, but I guess there was neighboring cities and I guess uh, in this in that area there was um, you know some gang members, Crip gang members. Like moving into the night before the the the, the night you got shot. I yeah. mean, did you experience troubles with gang members in your shop before? I mean, is this something that even you were uh, ever worried about? Not so much trouble there you know, in retail, you always got customers that are going to give you a hard time and you just got to, you know, uh, you know, be, grin and bear it because that's what retail is about. You know, the customer is always right, you know, take care of the customer. But uh, on the most part, no, I didn't uh, really ha see too much of uh, that kind of, uh, uh, you know, l lifestyle going on there. So, so, night, so night of when this is all going down, I mean, yeah. It, uh, how obviously it sounds like it's a pretty intense moment but yeah. as far as like these thugs when you, when you're when this whole altercation is going on are you are like are you at all in conversation with these thugs i mean like do you think that this is even a uh, do you think that these guys even have the guts to do what they ended up doing i you know um they were they were young so these were young Crip gang members. Uh, the, the two that were in the store that uh, um, fired the weapons, you know, one at me and one at the customer that was face down on the floor. Uh, one was 17, one was 19, and they were Crip gang members. These are kids. Yeah, and throwing away their life I, I mean, for, for 35 bucks in the drawer. And, <laughs> and so $20 on the counter from the customer because when they came in, what happened was, I'm working the graveyard shift, and uh, normally uh, I worked the uh, 3 to 11 shift. And uh, um, then I was being trained to be an assistant manager where I would take the afternoon shift. And um, we had the graveyard guy quit, and so I, f I had to fill in with uh, for the graveyard until we trained someone for the graveyard shift. And that's when they came in. It was 4th of July. 
They came in at two in the morning while I was helping a customer, and they came in, burst in the store. Uh, they w had ski caps on and blue bandanas uh, covering all the way up to their nose so you could just see their eyes. And uh, one put his back right to the measuring tape at the door and was, had his gun pointed right at me, a nine millimeter. And, uh, you know, and they were yelling face down on the floor to but the customer. what's protocol for you? You're a Navy man. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some sort of action at this point before. Or? Well, yeah, but I mean, you're trained to just cooperate with these people and let them take what they want, you know, especially when, you know, they're armed robbers, you know. So, so I, uh, I, I actually, I actually said chill, you know, because they're, you know, screaming, face down, you know, and yet, and then I was looking at the guy at the door and he goes, what you looking at? And I looked away from him, you know, and uh, then the, uh, the guy comes to the front of the counter and they say, open up the drawer and I go to open up the drawer, but something's rung up and I press the wrong button and it beeps and then I, I clear it and I open the drawer, step back and put my hands up and, uh, before, you know, the last thing I hear, I hear the guy goes, you got the money? And the next thing you know, I have this big white flash, you know? And then uh, I can, then uh, seconds later, I'm hearing the customer, I'm shot in the leg, I'm shot in the leg. And I realize, uh, I feel, you know, blood coming down the side of my face. I realized I'm shot in the head. And at that point, I'm going, oh my God, I'm gonna die. But, um, so I just leaned my back, I leaned my back to the counter, sat down, and the guy that was shot in the leg came over to the phone, and uh, I, you know, directed him the phone. He called 911, and I think it was about six to eight minutes that the police showed up. And uh, is there like no like? I button? didn't lose There's consciousness. Like, is I there was, no button like under the desk? Like a no, there was no video, no alarm. No, nothing. All there was is the safe that you dropped the mo extra money in. All they required you to do is keep just 35 bucks in the drawer. Did those guys ever get caught? Yeah. Yeah. And they how, got caught. How quickly after? The oh, that was like a three-month period. Um, yeah, it, it took a while to, to track them down. They, they, uh, but, the, you know, the cops didn't like the way it went down. They, they just, it was just such a cold uh, you know, uh, way to, for, to do a robbery and stuff. So they had, uh, an informant work it and they put 500 man hours and they ended up rounding up four people. Wow. There was a driver, there was a lookout and there was the two in the store. Uh, that one was 17, two of them were 19 and the driver I think was in his twenties older. And, um, when they caught him for my, uh, incident, they tied two of them, the driver and the guy that shot me, to a triple homicide they committed two months earlier, or no, yeah, two and a half months earlier in Palm Desert where they robbed uh, some drug dealers or something. And the guy that shot me was tied to uh, this um, murder by a DNA, and he stabbed the three of them. And the guy and the driver, he was involved as, a, I guess, the driver. And so uh, what ended up happening, uh, they, uh, you know, adjudicated uh, the driver, the lookout, and the 17-year-old pleaded out. And he, two months afterwards, see, 
before he got caught, two months afterwards, he murdered someone in a drug deal. So he was in for murder and attempted murder, and he pleaded out at 15 to life, said he was going to turn evidence against the guy that shot me. And when it came to court time, he changed his tune. But um, they waited for the guy that shot me. Um, they gave the driver, you know, life in prison without parole and 10 years for mine. And then uh, and that the life without parole was for that triple homicide. Then uh, then they waited. The last one was the, the gentleman that shot me. And they were trying tying the two cases together so they could ask the death penalty. But they did not convict him of my shooting, but they did convict him of the triple homicide. And he is serving life without parole. So, and I actually, you know, it was five years after the fact that I actually was testifying in court for that. It, it's it's under it's unbelievable the story, and I, and to kind of close off the, this portion of the story, I've got to ask you, like, did that help? The thing that was most uh, therapeutic was going to the parole hearing, the first parole hearing of the seventeen-year-old, and that's where I heard the whole story, you know, the informant reports, the police reports. Uh, and then I actually heard him, uh, you know, speak about his crimes, you know, how he murdered that guy in the drug deal. And they hit a they hit a 7-Eleven earlier in the night uh, in Palm Springs before they hit me at two. So I heard about that robbery and and it just uh, I just, you know, it was, I was the last person to speak. So I and that was uh, very therapeutic, you know, just hearing all that. And I went to uh, three parole hearings, but. Uh, the 17 year old was finally paroled after 21 years thoughts on these guys like now I mean like obviously because uh, you come across as a guy who has a good heart and you want to see the best in everybody and the best in everything I mean yeah. are those guys who committed this crime if they're still around if they're still alive was there any way that you could see these guys be rehabilitated and, and normalized well supposedly the 17 year old is rehabilitated but I you know I don't believe it I mean, uh, but, you know, uh, I mean, hope, hope, hope so, because now he's out. But the uh, others, you know, uh, life without parole, I just, I, you know, it's out of my mind now. You know, they're just, they're gone, you know. But, but uh, you know, I, they threw away their life. I mean, you know, and I guess it's the gang life, you know, and you've got to prove yourself and do something, you know, like, you know, uh, kill an innocent unarmed person you know <laughs> i mean it just sounds crazy to me uh, yeah I, I mean just i mean that life you know and and what they and so now they're just serving life in prison you know what kind of life is that and what did they get out of it 35 bucks and you know i just you know so there is that sad part of it for them you know why I mean, it, it, it realistically it makes no sense but yeah. here we are 25 years later and you know it since I met you roughly under 365 days ago, um, I could name dozens of people who I know that you've inspired. I've sat in rooms and watched hundreds of people stand up on their feet and clap for you. You're an inspirational guy. You're so positive. Um, you're so independent. But I want to hear about post um, uh, this post-injury or post-shooting. Um, was life always as positive as it is now, um, say, you know, 23? 23 years ago, you know, a year yeah. or two years yeah. after you. So the journey started uh, with um, I'm in a hospital bed and they tell me I'm totally blind, but I'm alive. And then uh, some people 
from the Braille Institute came to my hospital bed and said, okay, there's a blind school for you to go to, to learn skills. So when, uh, eight weeks later, so I was at one of those blind schools learning how to be blind. Now, when I was blinded, you know, sitting there before I went, I'm going, man, what am I going to do now? I've never seen blind people on the streets, you know? And, but when you go to one of these schools, you find out there's a whole community of blind people. And then you start learning all the skills and tricks and stuff on how to, you know, do things as a visual impaired person, just everyday life skills, you know? And so I worked hard at that. And, uh, after a year, they, I didn't have to have someone live with me because the workman's comp required someone to live with me until I was like, you know, able to take care of myself. Like rehabilitated or Well, whatever. you know, they call it permanent and stationary. So it's all, uh, you know, insurance stuff. We couldn't, we couldn't file a negligence for the alarm in the video or anything because they put it in in a timely manner or something like that. So it had to all go through a workman's comp. And then being a veteran, I also did an intake with the VA. You know, I know a lot of people will, will get, you know, something like this, you know, horrific injury or, or circumstance like this happens. And a lot of people can fall back into like alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. Yeah, that came later in my journey. So at first I was just gung ho and trying to, you know, just be the, the buck up, you know, John Wayne, you know, hero, you know, type because my family, the family on one of these things, they don't get all the psychological or the, the rehabilitation help or anything that I do. And they just have to watch me. So I'm trying to do the best to uh, help everybody deal you know, my, my kids, my, my family deal with this, you know, that I, you know, I was blinded by a violent, you know, crime. But, um, so my first vocational rehab contract a year after I was blinded, I was being trained to be a self-defense instructor for the blind. And I went through that vocational rehab contract with these people and my workman's comp insurance company paid them and they did not, uh, certify me or hire me. So I was, that was kind of a drag, you know, because I was trying hard to, you know, do something with my life, you know. And uh, so I ended up uh, moving back to San Diego because I was living in the uh, San Dimas area at the time. I moved back to San Diego and kicked around in City College for a while. And uh, then what happens, what happened to me is... Uh, I, I, I was I felt lonely. I felt like the world was passing me by and then friends from my past came around and I had a car and they would drive it and then we would we were going to the casino and I had, you know, workman's comp and stuff and so I had money but these people had fallen on hard times because of hard drug use and stuff but then I was sitting there partying with them and then doing methamphetamine with them and going to the casinos and you know and that sort of thing uh, and it was a four-year period and to make a long story short they ended up stealing my car leaving me stranded my family had to come and retrieve me from a hotel room and they at that time put me under uh, a conservatory and I was a ward of the probate court and so someone took care of you know my money and made all my decisions and paid my rent and you know and then I ended up in a living care facility for four years. Interjection time folks I know that was getting really good and we'll be right back with more of Scott Leeson in just a second but right now I gotta tell you about CDEC. 
For the durability, comfort, and an incredible look and feel, your boat deserves SeaDeck. They're the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck is available in a variety of sizes, thicknesses, and colors, and they have a worldwide network of SeaDeck certified fabricators and installers ready to help you design the custom kit of your dreams. SeaDeck will even let you try before you buy. Just check out www.cdeck.com to order your very own free sample kit with a completely huge variety of SeaDeck samples. While you're there, search for a certified fabricator and installer near you for a quote on your next project. Again, online, that's cdeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now let's get back to Scott Leeson right here on the GMP, baby. At this point, are you still, like, messing around with the drugs and stuff like that? Or at this point, are they starting no, to try to help rehab you? No, no. At, at this point, my family is so disappointed in me that I just said, well, you know that was not, that was stupid of me because I I let it happen, but only because I was lonely. And I, you know I would catch people taking advantage of me. I would kick them out of my life, and the next person it was it felt like a tag team, you know. And so, but it you know it was partly my fault to let it happen. You know. How are you able to combat that nowadays? Because I feel like now you have such a good grip. Well, you surround yourself with my, so many great people. Well, my low point was you know put being putting in that living facility, and uh, living around people that, you know, had you know done had you know kind of you know done the same followed the same road, but I. I ended up going to the blind community center and I went to my first blind surfing program and my first blind water ski program and I bought exercise equipment and what I did is the year 2000 I started exercising and I started going to the blind community center and hanging around you know the blind community again and uh, then uh, you know was introduced to surfing again uh, first time to surf since I was blinded and then uh, the water ski program got up on a single ski and met a gentleman Harry Cordellis and he told me about the disabled water ski nationals so that's where I went after uh, Grant with the Challenge Athletes Foundation and was my goal was to uh, uh, learn to slalom ski and actually uh, qualify and compete in disabled water ski nationals. Fast forward, I've been to six disabled water ski nationals, got silver medals in slalom skiing and trick skiing. Unbelievable. And then also, you have some pretty impressive credentials in ocean surfing as well, right? Yeah, so um, that program, I um, they've been doing it 26 years, I think now, and I've been going uh, maybe 20 years total, maybe maybe 21. Uh, but anyways, um, I got to surf for the first time after being blinded, and so once a year I'd go to that program and surf. But in 2015, the uh, International Surfing Association came up with the first Adaptive World Surfing Championships, and they were right there in my backyard in La Jolla. So I went, uh, I. Um, they had an open, so you'd email and try to get in the open. So 
as a visual impaired uh, adaptive surfer, there was three of us from around the world, and we had to compete against one-legged prosthetic surfers. And um, then my participation with the other two, one from Chile and one from Spain, they saw that the, they needed a visual, visually impaired division. And so the first, the nationals, the U.S. nationals, uh, the year after that, had a uh, visual impaired division. I went out. I was the only one there, but I surfed and became the very first U.S. blind surfing champion. And, uh, and then that was 2016 and 2017. And I also became the, uh, um, mem the visual impaired member of an eight eight-member adaptive uh, U.S. surf team, and we took silver the first year and bronze the second year. Absolutely unbelievable, and that progressed into starting to compete into wakeboarding, and I want to find out how you found out about the wakeboard contest, the WWA, and the wakeboard scene in general. So, what, 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 like I said before, I was on a board tricking and doing surface tricks, you know, 540s, 360s in both directions, little one-way jumps because I'm behind a ski boat. But I, you know, I, I practiced at uh, um, a place that everybody wakeboards, you know, so, and uh, so I just thought to myself, all right, let's put my big boy plants on, that was four years ago, and let, let me learn how to wakeboard, because my board, that I was using for tricks, it had no fins. So now I had to learn riding with fins and then also learn the whole technique of how you approach uh, a jump and stuff. And uh, at first, <laughs> I fell right after I tried to get up uh, the first time because I probably was mentally kind of like uh, freaking out about fins or something. Anyways, but uh, I stuck with it and uh, I got to like it more and more. And so I just chose a goal that I want to be in a wakeboard tournament, you know. And so I, 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 uh, we, the aquatic center where I uh, train, um, they're in touch with Chad Lowe. Uh, Chad Lowe comes down uh, once a year and uh, works with uh, the instructors that do the summer camp so that, and teaches them how to teach wakeboarding. And so I worked with Chad Lowe the first year. I was uh, using my trick board, but he taught me how to use a wrap handle. And I was trying to do an aerial 360 with my uh, trick board, you know. And I, I never, I would always land on my button heels. I could never ride away from it. But it was cool to work with them. And then uh, I, after I chose to, you know, wakeboard again, you know, of course, I knew Chad Lowe. And he, he was the one that told me about the WWA. And so I just worked really hard and got to a point where, you know, okay, I'm going to go to my first, uh, you know, tournament. And so uh, I, I, I found out, you know, I, you know, Corey Wilson's name and, uh, you know, through Chad and, you know, and I, I just, and then I found out, you know, the first Western Regional last year was in Boise. So I signed up, registered, you know, and, uh, and came out, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and Chad worked with me just before I went, just to kind of like uh, give me kind of a, you know, uh, a heads up on what to expect. Sure. Or, and then also he and he was going to be at Boise anyways, so he was able to give everybody there a heads up that this guy can, you know, wakeboard. So okay, so here you come into an all new community of people. You know, one guy, right? Yeah, Talk Chad. Talk about what you thought your first thoughts on the wakeboard community when you when you got there well, I was nervous as hell you know excited but nervous as hell because 
of course, it's the G23, so it's a bigger wake that I've been using, you know. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to, you know, do, and I'm wanting to do well. And then, of course, you know, I'm finding out before I, before I ride, Corey Wilson finds out from Shannon uh, that... Uh, Shannon they, Starling. Yeah, Shannon Starling. She had called him and found and found out that no, they have never had a vision impaired person. So, uh, to be PC, and you were asking that, so it can be vision impaired, partial, low vision, but in my case, you know, blind because I'm total. Totally. So those are the kind of PC things about visual impairment. But anyway, so they had never had anybody with a visual impairment as a competitor. So right away, that kind of like. Uh, took some nervousness and weight off my shoulders because I just thought, okay, at the very least, that's cool. <laughs> okay, so one of, the most, one of the most memorable moments of my career, and of course 2018 for me, was, was getting to announce you onto the podium. I, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it, man. But talk about, can you tell everybody what, what I'm talking about there yeah. and, and how that felt for you? Yeah, that, so... Um, yeah, at the Western Regionals, you know, they didn't know what to expect. And then everybody was like, you know, going, cool, this guy can wakeboard, you know. And so uh, Corey and Teresa, you know, were telling me, you know, are you going to come to the Nationals? And uh, last year I was doing like seven different competitions. Well, one of them ended up being the Nationals uh, that they were telling me about to go to. But I had these seven different competitions, four different sports, three of them national tournaments. And uh, so I, uh, Corey and T Teresa are going, are you going to come to nationals, you know? And I'm going, oh man, you know, cause my, I use a GoFundMe to travel and stuff. And I, and I, it wasn't really in the budget. And then Corey and Teresa go, well, we'll pay for your registration. And so, and then, so my buddy Randy and I, you know, worked it out to where, yeah, okay, we'd show up to Seattle. And so I went up there and I knew that this is where, you know, a lot of pros were and everybody around the nation, that, you know, are really, you know, good wakeboarders and everything. And uh, so I was excited to go and everything. And uh, and I, I went out and I, I, I did well, you know. I, my last run, my last run, uh, you know, my last pass, I was able to do a 180 off every edge, you know, which is, you know. Impressive. Which I, that, well, that's what... That was my goal. Scott, tell everybody you know. how old you are, though, if you don't mind. Or, well, now I'm in the arena. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a 63 now. 63 years yeah. old. I started all this water skiing and, and stuff uh, at 50 years old. It, it's just so impressive. And, and Scott, so get, you know, kind of getting to it here, you, know, we go, you put on a, a solid performance, but you're competing against guys who have, have rode in dozens of events before you. You still end up on the podium, but you end up in third place. Talk about the ovation that you yeah. got, and you couldn't even see it, but I no. if you so, told me you couldn't feel it, well, I'm I know. a liar. I, yeah, no, uh, so, so um, yeah, they call me up, you know, to third place, and my the second place guy guides me up, you know, because he's, uh, both uh, AJ and Jesse Damer, they're one-armed uh, riders, so, uh, and, uh, you know, so they call me up first, being third place, and Jesse guides me up, and then they announce Jesse, and uh, everybody's clapping, and, and then AJ gets up, you know, but everybody's clapping, and when I got up in the podium, turned around, I threw a shaka, you know, the <laughs> surfing shaka, 
and stuff, and everybody's yelling and and and, and clapping and everything. And the other guys are coming up, and and uh, you know we're holding our trophies and stuff. And and then uh, so I ended up going back to my seat, and then Randy goes, "You got a standing ovation by the whole room," and these are pros and stuff. And I'm I'm about to tear up now. Um, it was a very healing, emotional moment because I love the sport of wakeboarding. It's my favorite water sport, and I came and everybody, you know, I got, you know, I got respect, you know, even though I'm not, you know, going inverted or, you know, doing all the rad tricks, you know, I'm able to, you know, do a 180 off every edge, and it's a one wake jump. Eventually, I'd like to make a wake to wake, but um, it was a very healing, emotional moment for me. Uh, and then, to top it off, three uh, kids came with their boards and had me autograph them. And they were and talking I, like little kids. Like, yeah. little kids are putting you up there. Uh, yeah, younger. With the likes of Harley Clifford and Corey Tunis. And they're, like, putting you in that same boat. Because yeah. I watched them. They went and had these guys sign their boards. And then yeah. they walked up to you. And then they spent time and they hung out with yeah, you. Yeah, and I go, I don't know what my signatures are going to look like. It's pretty sloppy. So they had me, you know, they gave me a sharpie and had me you know autograph their boards and then and just yesterday after the event one of the girls that uh, little girls um she i think she was nine years old is that maddie yeah 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 she nine years old and she and she was eight years old last year she walked up yeah i, I had you sign my board last year <laughs> you know and i started getting emotional then you know that, that was really cool so yeah it, i mean the I get emotional because the wakeboard family is so awesome and so loving and welcoming and stuff. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just the emotions is just me healing, you know, feeling healing, you know. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, there's there's things that, you know, I, I still deal with, you know. I mean, the, the biggest thing I dealt with when I was blind was anger and then depression because my social life had changed totally. And then, uh, you know, and then... Of course, I made that wrong turn, you know, in the four-year period, but I turned it around, and I'm proud of that. And, and I'll tell everybody that what, what helped me was exercise, you know, physical fitness. That, that was the number one thing. That's, that's the number one medicine that you can do for yourself is physical fitness because it will make you feel good about yourself. And if you do some kind of physical fitness every day, that's, you know, that's, that's I mean, that's a natural, you know, healing, you know, so that's your that's kind of like some advice, I would say. To yeah. People who are maybe down in the dumps or in the slumps. Yeah. The or the feeling day. the same way I am or angry or whatever. I mean, but because you've got to understand. And I think we, we all have to understand here that, like, everybody goes through different things. And some people, you know, their you know, their emotions, their mentals, you know, could, uh, you know, almost disable them and yeah. put you into it put them into a similar it, yeah, obviously they it could further it, their disability you know it, it, uh, mentally blind them or something um, like that or you know? yeah and and then bl mentally block them from oh man i you know i'll never you know have a life or anything you know and, and then give up but um no I, I you know i just the physical fitness was the first thing I started after making that mistake. And, it, and, it, and believe me, it was my mistake. And that, that was the first th thing to realize, you know. I had to uh, accept that and then, uh, you know, adapt, you know, and, and get the adaptive skills, get the adaptive equipment, and adapt to my envir new environment, adapt to my new life. And then attitude's really important, too. So the three A's, you know. So, Scott, here we are. And... Um you know, obviously, I know that it's not easy or cheap 
for you to get around, especially when traveling around the nation or, or internationally. Um, but I know that you think well, about And also, this is an expensive sport. So, um, so you know, to train year-round and, you know, and ride, I got a grant from Challenge Athletes Foundation for 13 years now. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit about because I know okay. that, you've, that you've been able to to make things happen for yourself and you've worked your tail off to make that happen. Yeah. But I also know that you are also trying to work hard to help others um, experience the love of the water or to get through these um, slumps or over these hurdles. Um, and I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that because I do believe that there are going to be people, whether it's, whether it's um, you know, a loss of a limb or loss of vision or a mental thing, they're going to listen to this podcast, this episode, and they're they're you know they're going to listen to you. And I think that you're able to to give some good insight. So I want to hear a little bit more about like what you're doing to to help others who are either in the same situation or were in the same situation as you. Yeah. Well, what I guess one, I mean, naturally, uh, just what I do, um, I'm I, I'm always it's always, the comment to me is I'm inspiring. So. I, I just keep on doing what I'm doing. But what I did was I went to Challenge Athletes Foundation and for that grant, as I mentioned earlier. And for 13 years, I've been getting a grant to train year-round at the Mission Bay Aquatic Center. And so I take classes there in surfing, wakeboarding, and water skiing. And, uh, but then um, the director there in 2009 did a triathlon on my behalf to raise money and I met him at the finish line and from that point on I started I said I'm gonna do those triathlons and raise money because the the Challenge Athletes Foundation once a year has a uh, uh, annual triathlon called the San Diego Triathlon Challenge and it's full of disabled athletes and everything and it's a way for me to give back and pay forward and uh, so I started that in 2010 and did five of those. And, uh, and then I did an Ironman. I did, uh, I've done five uh, half Ironmans at Oceanside, which is a fundraiser for Operation Rebound. Since I'm a veteran, that is the grant I get from Challenge Athletes Foundation is Operation Rebound. And so just Doing those events, uh, you know, a blind, doing Ironman, and then surfing and water skiing and wakeboarding, I'm told I'm inspiring all the time, and so I keep I keep doing that. But uh, I also, I you know, speak, and I always tell everybody there's resources and organizations that want to help you, you know, and uh, so Challenge Athletes Foundation has really been like a family, and I've given back, you know, and they, I don't I don't have to raise money for them, you know, you can get a grant. And, you know, you don't have to raise money, but I, 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 I feel obligated because they saved my life by giving me my first grant and believing in me and they continue to believe in me and I continue to do, you know, uh, new, new, uh, adventures and new accolades. You know, my mantra, you have to have a mantra when you, uh, fill up, uh, fill out the, you know, application. And my mantra is never lose sight of your goals and dreams. So, uh, I always tell everybody, be goal-orientated. You know, you may not achieve your dream, but working toward your goal is uh, satisfaction too, you know. And uh, I work toward the goal 
for example, I worked toward the goal to come to a wakeboard tournament, and I never would have dreamed, uh, you know, I'd get that standing ovation at the Nationals, you know, and how, you know, awesome that felt, you know. So, uh, so that's why I tell everybody goals are important, you know, physical fitness is important, and being involved in sports, period, um, allow you to meet good people, you know, and that's, that's, you know, surround yourself with good, positive people, too you know, that are in your corner and that will cheer you on and stuff, uh, you know, and uh, so, but I do, you know, Challenge Athletes Foundation always has me, you know, on, you know, news about their events and, and speaking to groups and they got your stuff. back. Yeah, they got my back and I got theirs. That's awesome. Yeah, well, Scott. I, yeah, it, and, it, they, it, and the Aquatic Center where I train, they're like family, so it's CAF, and the Aquatic Center's family, and now uh, the WWA is my fa new family. Unbelievable, and I don't, again, I don't like want to sound cliche and sound like what everybody's saying, but dude, it's just too inspirational, man. It's so inspiring. And since you and I have gone a, a good bit here on the microphone, I think that people probably are gonna get a good grasp of your story. What yeah. I want to do now is I want to give you the opportunity to send some shout outs and some thank yous, and I know you've already done a couple of those, but to to the people who've helped you get to where you're at now, um, I want you to to give a little shout out to some of the guys that you know sponsor you, take care of you, and then I also want you to let people know if if, if they are inspired or need some inspiration, if you're available for them to maybe reach out to you or to some of the folks that have helped you. So I'm giving you the open platform right now to just drop some knowledge, some information, and let us know, man. Okay. Well. So, I have to first uh, mention that I did mention Harry Cordellas, and he, 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 he was the person that told me about Disabled Water Ski National. So, I have to pay, uh, thank him for that because that's what launched all this. Then, uh, I got to shout out to Challenge Athletes Foundation, and I recommend anybody with a disability, uh, and uh, and if you're a wounded warrior, first responder, disabled veteran, uh, CAF is there for you, and uh, that you can you can put in a grant for uh, online grants. You can put in for one of three items: equipment, uh, money to uh, travel to a competition, or training. I always get a training grant, and so and that's. And so CAF is awesome. It's it's and uh, I, it's it's top notch and family. And that's why I do the triathlons. And then I've also I also this year I'm doing my second uh, million dollar challenge uh, to fundraise uh, for them. Uh, it's a bike ride from San Francisco to San Diego. I did that two years ago, and I'm doing it again this year. Um, then I got to mention the San Diego Mission Bay Aquatic Center. Uh, Kevin Straw and Kevin Waldick run there. Uh, some of the people there, uh, Scott and Amanda Grant. Uh, my early instructors like Kenny Planis and, uh, you know, Michelle Shea. And I mean, just, uh, and then uh, my current instructors down there, Alex Schindler and uh, just, 
I mean, there's, there's a billion names, you know, for, at the Aquatic Center because the Aquatic Center is uh, affiliated with SDSU, and they have ENS classes, exercise, nutrition, science classes. So you got a bunch of college students taking wakeboarding, uh, sailing, kayaking, and stuff. So they, uh, you know, that's going on there too. Um, then, uh, of course. Uh, the Blind Community Center is what introduced me to the Swami Surfing Association and uh, their uh, annual uh, blind clinic, surfing clinic, you know. And then, uh, oh gosh, uh, let's see. I can uh, mention my first surfing coach that took me th uh, to the national, you know, make me a champion. Uh, that was Pat Weber of the San Diego Surfing Academy. Uh, and then uh, I know I kind of put you on the spot here. <laughs> no, nah, but there's so much, so many, and so much to be and to be grateful for. And, and I, so what I do is um, uh, I have a Facebook page, and it's called Never Lose Sight, and that's it has my story on it, and uh, I I just I just re uh, did it, so it has all the. Uh, these sports and championships and things that I've accomplished and then I, I fundraise through that you know so I have links on there for my GoFundMe page because so uh, as I said the training is done by CAF but um, my my travel and stuff is I got it my own GoFundMe page and uh, uh, that's what helps me travel um, you know plane travel uh, a hotel and uh, registration for the events and how about that then uh, i have to thank corey wilson uh for introducing me to brooks wilson and brooks wilson at ronex uh sponsoring me with a new uh, wakeboard bindings and uh, a life jacket this year uh there you know that's awesome that was that that's really cool to you know, get a sponsor like that. Man, you look good you out know. there. And then how about uh, and yeah. just it kind of close and it off here. How about uh, getting getting the opportunity to go wake surf with those guys today? Uh, yeah, that was cool. So last year they asked me if I wanted to wake surf, and I'd never done it yet. And the, the issue was uh, is uh, running up on the back of the boat as we experienced today. <laughs> but. Uh, the aquatic center finally let me try it, and uh, they required me to wear a helmet. And but uh, so I was able to wake surf, and so I got to uh, uh, you know spend some time wake surfing with uh, my WWA family today, which was cool. And uh, we probably there'll probably be some uh, you know stills and some video, but uh, I was out there. Yeah, no, you yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were. You're, you've been a. I gotta thank you too. You know, you've been, uh, you've been uh, really good about you know uh, bringing me in and making me part of, making me feel like part of the family. Just like the whole WWA family. You know, I mean, all the kids and I mean the experiences like at the Western Regionals, the She Shred Girls. These are all young girls under 13 that wakeboard and they all uh, grouped up and took a picture with me and Snickers. You know, oh, that's another thing. I got to thank the CNI, where I get my uh, CNI dogs and my current uh, CNI dog Snickers, my chocolate lab. He's nine years old. He's been with me and traveled uh, all over with me. Unbelievable, Scott. Yeah. What a story, man. Before we finish off here, one more time, give us yeah. your Facebook page so everybody can reach out. And, it's uh, called It's called Never Lose Sight, and uh, I'm in from San Diego, so it, uh, you'll see the cover photo is me surfing in Hawaii with Diamond Head in the background. And how quickly do you respond to people when they reach out to you? 
I, I check it all the time, and you know, I get the notifications. Yeah, I, yeah, they, yeah. So there it is. Yeah, I, I, I'll get back to you, and then uh, also, you know, Randy, my best friend, Randy Rolf. Let's get a shout out to him. Yeah. Oh, that you know, he's always assisting me with the stuff cited that I can't do on the computer, and then he also manages my GoFundMe page. And I got to give a shout out to Brian McGoldrick. That's who does the the Ironmans and the uh, and the bike riding with me. So those those are two people that get a big shout out, Brian McGoldrick and Randy Rolf. And uh, so and the WWA, that it's awesome, you know. So yesterday when I got the award, you know, I, I said you guys aren't getting rid of me. <laughs> well, hey, there yeah. it is, my friend. You can hear it. We're chilling out here at Lily's on the Lounge. Uh, just went mm -hmm. a, a good long time chatting it up. And Scott, I thank you so much for giving us the, the full rundown on your story. And again, you, you are such an inspiring guy. And yeah. I hope that people do go to your Facebook page and reach out to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it, you know. But really, the, the honest truth is I do all this because to, to fend off, you know, the anger, fend off depression, you know, and take care of myself, you know. And um, the unintended consequences, I've ended up an inspirational character, which uh, is kind of embarrassing <laughs> a lot of times because, you know, I'm just a humble guy, you know, just trying to, you know, go through life because, uh, you know, I still I still miss I still miss eye to eye contact. I miss not seeing my children, what they look like as adults and what my grandchildren look like. And I miss playing billiards with the guys, you know. I bet. I tried billiards. It doesn't work. Well, let's, so so you've never felt my face or anything like that or anything, whatever. So you yeah. have no idea. But I've got a, a handful of listeners out there. Describe me to, to my listeners. Well, you he, think. he asked me today what he looked like. And I was I I, I was going to go a short Italian guy because he's always joking about how short he is already. So I already kind of got clued in on that. But he, I, I, you're close. I, 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 I said he's Italian, but I guess I guess he's part Puerto Rican, <laughs> right? Or something. So <laughs> that's what many of my friends think. Scott, uh, thank you so much for being yeah. here on the Golden Mike podcast, yeah. uh, guys. I hope you enjoyed the story. Yeah. Um, make sure you check it out your your Facebook page one last time, Scott. Never lose sight. And my last my name Scott Leeson L E A S O N. You can also friend me. I have my personal page too. There it is, guys. Scott Leeson right here with me, the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano on the Golden yeah. Mike Podcast. We'll be back, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just at the Malibu Rider Experience a few weeks ago, and I hit the water on a brand-new O'Brien Wake surfboard. Guys, I'm not even lying when I tell you it was like gliding on a dream. I had such a blast riding that thing, I wanted to make sure I gave one away during the Write a Review Month right here on the Golden Mike Podcast ending May 31st, so head over to iTunes right now and write a five-star review for this podcast. O'Brien Watersports has a diverse lineup of skis, wakeboards, and surfers, tubes, and accessories. There's no doubt in my mind that you'll be able to find exactly what you need to take your fun to the next level of the lake this year. They have everything for first-time riders all the way to seasoned professionals. For a full look at their product catalog, head over to O'Brien.com. And while you're there, find a local dealer and stay up to date with all the latest O'Brien news. That website, again, is O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N.com.
Are you getting your boat back on the water and finding that it's just not fun enough? Check Roswell Marine's 2019 product catalog featuring a huge selection of top quality marine audio equipment, board racks, and wake towers. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise and no matter what you buy, you can buy it with confidence knowing that Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the moment you unbox them. They have 35 preferred dealers located all throughout the United States and Canada. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website, roswellmarine.com, to find the one closest to you. That website again is www.roswellmarine.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. How inspiring was that, my friends? I got to thank Scott Leeson for sharing his time with us and his story. And what an incredible story and what an incredible man. He's a living example of perseverance in the face of adversity. And he shows us that literally anything is possible with just a little hard work. I implore you to check out his videos on YouTube and Facebook and find out where you can see him next, guys. As far as where you can see me next, well, I'm off to Texas this weekend for the Super Boats Pro Wake Tour. I've been gone from the tour for a few seasons now, but I'm on my way back and to make my 10th year on tour. I'm super stoked and hope to see you guys out there. Then it's back to Florida. Tuesday, May 21st, feet on fire at the waterfront in Orlando. I'm excited to announce that we'll be kicking off the event with the dream matchup of three-time, three-time, three-time feet on fire champion J.D. Webb versus the raging bull, the living legend, water ski hall of famer, Ron Scarpa. This is a face-off a lot of you have been waiting for, and it's finally going to happen only at Feet on Fire South, my friends. Two men enter. One man bails. It's the day of legends, folks. Then I finish off the month of May the best way that I think I can. At the 60th Masters of Water Ski and Wakeboarding, my friends, presented by Nautique Boats at Callaway Gardens in Pine Mountain, Georgia. This is going to be my 14th year in a row announcing my 16th year attending the event. And I'm not lying to you guys when I tell you this is like my Christmas in July in May. Thank you again, Scott Lees, and an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to Sea Deck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Masterline, Centurion Boats, WSIA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledwake, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, and GoPuck. Thank you to all the listeners, and thank you to the folks behind the scenes. Jenna Carruth on the web, Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashavich on copy, and Rich Walsh. On the sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. And I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. As always, I'm the Noise of the North. I'm Daniel Lamano. And you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast. <laughs>